The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. I'd ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I am very thankful to be here to have, Lord willing, tomorrow an opportunity to to lay hands on a brother that's exhibited a calling to the ministry and uh, just within the last few weeks. Unfortunately, I had a personal obligation that I wasn't able to be there in person, uh, but a good friend of mine, Brother John Morgan Owens, was ordained, and I believe that that is an answer to many prayers. We need to be praying for God to call laborers into the kingdom and into the vineyard, and we need to be sure that we praise and thank God when those prayers are answered. And I've had my mind on that uh, quite a bit these last few weeks and the last month leading up to some of these ordinations and, uh, and then also being reflective of my own ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you, or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Notice there in verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. <clears throat> I've heard a quote many times uh, that I've been thinking on a lot recently, that God does not necessarily call us to be successful, but he calls us to be faithful. And I think that's a good quote. Uh, I think that's a good thing to meditate on, but I, I believe that, that the way that's worded kind of presents an either-or, you know? Yes, you can either be successful or you can be faithful. God doesn't call you to be successful. He calls you to be faithful. And I think the more that I've tried to meditate on that and think on that, I believe that success equals faithfulness. Success equals faithfulness. They are not mutually exclusive. And I believe this is certainly true of the ministry, but it's true of... Um, all of us in every area of our life. We have gifts that we have been given. We have uh, spiritual gifts in the kingdom of God that have been given to us for the benefit and for the edification of the body as a whole. And it is our responsibility to use what we have been given as a good steward to honor the master that has seen fit to give that unto us. And, and I think we really just need to be mindful of the fact that unto whom much is given, much is required. Okay? To whom much is given, much is required. And we really need to be reminded of how much we've been given in the New Testament kingdom, in Christianity in America. And a lot is required of us because God has been so gracious to give us so much. First Peter 
chapter 5, beginning in verse 10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We have a parable in Matthew chapter 25 and then a somewhat similar parable in Luke chapter 19. Matthew chapter 25 is structured a little bit differently. Uh, a, a man goes into a far country and he gives different quantities of talents to each of those servants according to their ability. He gives one five, one two, and one one according to their ability. And he goes and, and the pe people with five talents and then two talents are faithful with what has been entrusted to them okay faithful with what has been entrusted to them and then they go out and they take that five and they got five more and then there comes a day of reckoning there comes an account what have you done with what i've given you and then they say you gave me five i've given you five more the person had two i've given you two more but then the one that only had one he went and, and hit it in the earth then in Luke chapter 19, you have a little bit of a different uh, disposition at the beginning. In uh, Matthew 25, you have five, two, and one according to their ability. But in Luke 19, you have the pounds and everybody got one. Every one of the servants got one. But then it comes back and they have their time to settle up on what they've done with the Lord has given them. And then somebody shows up and says, you gave me one talent, here's 10 more. I mean, does anybody like a 1,000% return? That's who I'm going to give more authority to. That's why he says there, uh, you, you have been faithful with this talent. You've got me 10 more. I'm going to give you authority over 10 cities. You see, when we're faithful with what God has given us, God gives us more responsibility. He gives you more authority to whom, uh, if, if you're faithful in the least then that proves that you can be faithful in the much. If you're faithful with the little bit that God has given you, that proves that you can be faithful with more. And, and you know, I think we see that exhibited with, uh, with Joseph. Uh, he, he was given small tasks, and the next thing you know, he was running Potiphar's house. Potiphar didn't even know what was going on other than the food that was put right in front of him. He trusted a Hebrew servant that much. <laughs> now, why did he trust him that much? Because... There was a, an initial task that Potiphar gave Joseph, and he went above and beyond. I want to give more responsibility to people that get me a 1,000% return on my investment. Okay? But notice here, as every man hath received this gift, even so minister the same, as God has given you. As God has has given you. Verse 11, <clears throat> if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, <clears throat> that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And that's what we really have to keep in mind as we're attempting to be faithful, godly, diligent stewards of what God has given us, the end result of all of that is not that we would be elevated in any way. The end result of that is the glory of God. The glory of God. Uh, on our very best day, the very best that, that we have done and that we can do, this is in Luke chapter 17, what God has seen fit to give us and we prove faithful 
in the small things, and we hope that God is honored in that, he's glorified in that. Not that we're necessarily trying to get more, but that's who God will entrust with more. But even when we've done that, and we've done our best, and, and God uh, commends there in Matthew 25, those good, uses the same language there in Luke chapter 19 too, that those that have been diligent with what God has given you, uh, which by the way, uh, they were not satisfied. The Lord there was not satisfied with getting back exactly what he gave. He was not happy that I gave you one, and then I show up so many years later, and I got one back. No, at a minimum, he says there, you should have at least took it to the bank and got me a little bit of interest. So God expects a return on his investment. God expects a return on his investment. But even when we've been faithful, and he commends those, those diligent stewards there, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's the kind of commendation that we hope the Lord would look on our lives, look on our ministry, look on the way that we interact with others, that, that we lead our families, that we serve God in the workplace, whatsoever you do want to do, whatever, whatsoever you do, do all the glory of God, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, right? To glorify God. And I hope that, that God could look at our lives and, and that he would be satisfied, that he would be honored in our life. But even if, if we do have, uh, by the testimony of others, and, and we hope by the testimony of Christ, that, that we have been faithful what God has given us, we can't take credit for that either because we're just simply servants. He says here in Luke chapter 17. Now, again, this is an entirely different culture than we're used to, but they, they were used to servants waiting on them. They were used to a servant washing a, a visitor's feet. That's why it was so radical when the Son of God bowed down and washed the feet of these mortal men. So he says here in verse 9 of Luke 17, Doth he thank the servant because he did the things that he was commanded to do? He said there, it is required in stewards. It, it's not a, that, that, that's not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion that the steward uh, be responsible in his stewardship. It is required. By the way, that's the only reason that you're a steward, right? Is to faithfully use what's been entrusted to you. So if you do that, praise God that you do that. But are, are any of these in this, in this culture of servitude, are any of them going to show up to their servants and just say, thank you so, so, so much for doing what you were told to do? <laughs> no, they weren't going to do that. Why? Because it was the servant's responsibility. It was the servant's requirement. Verse 10. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Even the most zealous, faithful servant of God there is in this world we still fail every single day. And at our best, at our best, it says in the Psalms, we're altogether vanity. <laughs> but at our best in service to God, we are still unprofitable servants. And we've only done that which is our duty to do. Our duty. That's the duty of a steward. The duty of a steward is to be faithful. And... I want to highlight quickly, as quickly as we can, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 
the Holy Spirit writing through the Apostle Paul here. We are stewards, first of all, at the conclusion of verse 1, stewards of the mysteries of God, stewards of the gospel. And we want to come back around to that, stewards of the gospel. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. True success in God's kingdom is being faithful with what God has given us. And God's kingdom in the sight of the world is a upside-down kingdom. Right? What's the way to the top in the kingdom? Put yourself down. The greatest among you is going to be your servant. And the man who is writing this is the Apostle Paul. And I believe that we could easily say that he was the most impactful preacher and apostle in the establishment of the early church. And I think many people would look at his life and say, wow, what an amazing, faithful steward, right? I believe he's the pattern for that. Certainly Christ is the example, and Paul followed the pattern of that example. But I want you to see how success in the eyes of the world is so much different than success in the eyes of God, okay? And success equals faithful stewardship is what I want you to see. And this applies certainly to the ministry, but it applies in every area of our life. And it, it applies to every single child of God that whatever you've been given, you use that and you do whatever task is sitting right in front of you, you do it heartily as unto the Lord as a faithful steward, okay? As a faithful steward. But we look at all of the metrics, particularly regarding the ministry. We look at all of the metrics that Christianity today and man today would say, what deems success? What is success in the ministry? And I believe as we go through these, you're going to see that the Apostle Paul would not have been deemed a success by any metric in popular Christianity today. No one would view this man successful <clears throat> in the majority of Christianity today. He begins here, in, still in the same letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he begins here in verse 13, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius. Lest any man should say I had baptized in my own name. I did baptize those of the house of Stephanus. And, and you know, many, I've, I've heard in times past, uh, a, a very prominent minister uh, that passed away and they wrote in his obituary, he baptized 1,200 people or something, you know, baptized so many different people, constituted so many different churches. And praise God for that. But isn't it interesting that he made sure that he kept the right count so they could write it in his obituary? <laughs> the Apostle Paul said, I can't even write. Who, who did I baptize? I, I, think, I think the house of Stephanus. There may have been a couple other people in there. But he said, look, God didn't call me to baptize. What we're going to see here is that success in the ministry is determined by faithfulness to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, we, we find in the Old Testament, I don't think anyone, me and uh, some other ministers, ministers like to commiserate 
uh, about all of our problems in the ministry, and there's a bunch of them. We're the, there's the only, we're the only people that can relate. But I'll tell you, sometimes it feels lonely. It feels lonely in the ministry. But it, it was easy for us to, to feel a whole lot better about ourselves as we were commiserating together that, praise God, God didn't call me the, to the ministry of Ezekiel or Jeremiah. And I'm going to tell you to just study that in the Old Testament. We don't have time to delve into all that. But I'll tell you, at least I have people that want to listen to me, people that love me, people that, that want to encourage me, not people that are throwing me in pits and trying to kill me all the time. I'm going to be a, a mock of everywhere I go, and they're going to be, I'm going to be the, the, the person that, that the drunks are going to be singing about down in the bars, and everyone's trying to hurt me. Praise God I wasn't called to that ministry. But it'd be very easy to look at them, especially Jeremiah, and say, man, that, that, he didn't have one single convert. He didn't have one single convert. And all he, all he got was thrown in prison. You don't know what he did. He was a faithful watchman on the wall to declare what God had called him to declare. He was not a failure. He was, when he got to heaven, I guarantee the Lord said, well done, well done, Thou good and faithful servant. Which, by the way, the rest of that verse is, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. In the joy of the Lord. And, and I'm not saying we need to, the ministry needs to display love and kindness and gentleness, but it's not about people liking us. It's not about everyone singing your praise. It's about the Lord being honored with faithful stewardship. And I'll tell you, if you do that, you're going to ruffle feathers. Speak the truth in love now. Speak the truth in love. But that's why he said there, I know I'm skipping around. Y'all bear with me. But he says here in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 4, With me I count it a very small thing that I should be judged of you. Now, I'm not going to be a bull in a china shop. I'm not going to purposefully offend you. But your opinion of me is not the sole determining factor of either my success, my self-worth, or the decisions that I make. I don't ignore it, but I count it in the big scheme of things. To the Lord's opinion, I count it a very small thing. A very small thing. With me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you. Why? He says at the end of verse 4, He that judgeth me is the Lord. And that's what's terrifying. That's what's terrifying about being in the ministry is ultimately it's the Lord that judges our, our faithfulness. Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. The most impressive uh, people in the ministry today are silver-tongued, smooth, articulate, make sure that you have five points that all start with the same letter messages and you know primitive baptists don't do that right but paul said he, he actually went out of his way chapter 2 verse 1 brethren i came not to you with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of god now what was the central theme of his ministry i wasn't going to come and try to try to present things in a very palatable way that's going to sound good to the natural man i determined not to know anything among you save jesus christ and him crucified you see that is success in the ministry it is a faithfulness to remain 
devoted, and to boldly proclaim, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season to preach the gospel. Because he says here in verse 21, back in chapter 1, after that, by the wisdom of God, the, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And I want you to understand, the salvation of God's children is dependent on the preacher. Not eternally now. Not eternal. Doesn't have anything to do with heaven. But their salvation and joy here in the kingdom of God is dependent upon the preacher's faithfulness to faithfully administer what has been entrusted to them. We've been entrusted with the gospel. He says there in Romans chapter 1, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. And there's only, way, there's only one way you can pay that debt. There's only one debt, one way that you can pay that debt, and that's by preaching the gospel faithfully. Preaching that gospel. But Paul said, look, I didn't come to you with fancy words. Actually, he says, um, we don't have time to turn over there. But he says that the, the general opinion of Paul is that his letters are weighty and powerful, but his speech is contemptible and his speech is rude. That's how, that's, that, that was the general opinion of Paul when he showed up, right? They said, man, I, it's great to have him write to us because he has this great elegance in writing. But when he shows up, he's not impressive. He says there, um, verse 3 of chapter 2, I was with you. He wasn't a, a bold King Saul, impressive uh, physical appearance. I was before you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. It's hard for me to envision the boldness of the Apostle Paul and then him just being kind of like, Shaking in fear, right? He wasn't a polished speaker. He was, in the opinion of others, he was contemptible and rude and untrained and not impressive to men. He wasn't concerned about baptisms. He, he, had, um, he had essentially nothing to his name, you know. Uh, most of the time, the largest church building is who would be deemed as the, the most successful pastor. Uh, Paul spent most of his ministry, his most successful ministry was in prison. You understand, right, that in the first century, they didn't even have designated uh, third-party third locations for churches. Where do they meet? In homes, right? It's certainly not determined by wealth or the amount of money that he had. He said, um, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. He didn't have to a large degree, a penny to his name when he died. Unknown, but yet well-known. Having nothing, yet possessing all things. Not a big building, not an impressive... Uh, he wasn't concerned about how many people that he baptized, but what he was concerned about was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. For I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He had this laser focus, this laser focus, and I'm not going to let anything detract me from this laser focus. And that, God, and that focus was on the gospel. He had a debt to pay, and the only way he could pay that debt was by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, success for God's ministry, but success for all of us, 
is being faithful to do the very best with what God has seen fit to entrust to our care for a brief period of time. I mean, whatever you have in front of you at the moment, you should do that task to the best of your ability heartily as unto the Lord. And if you prove yourself faithful in the small things, you know, some people would say, oh, um, I've heard it said in times past, well, he's a, he's a two-talent preacher. He's a five-talent preacher. You know, oh, he's only a one-talent preacher. Well, you know what? You know what happened when that one-talent guy didn't, didn't use what the Lord had given him? And people thought this was unfair, by the way. You know what he did? He said, give it to the guy that's got 10. What? He's already got 10. Yeah, but guess what? He's proved himself faithful. <laughs> it's not unrighteous for him to say, you know what? If you're being unfaithful, I'm going to remove this from you, and I'm going to give it to somebody who's doing what they ought to do, right? If you prove yourself faithful in the small things, God many times, many times is blessed to entrust us with more responsibility, right? I'm going to put more authority with someone who gives me a 1,000% return on that one pound that I gave them. And the Lord expects fruit. And then for those that are bearing fruit, he's going to give them more opportunities. You see? We need to be faithful with what God has seen fit to give us with the understanding, with the understanding that on my best day, I'm such an unprofitable servant. I can't do anything that is acceptable in the sight of God apart from his enabling strength, his manifold grace that we saw there in, in 1 Peter chapter 5. We're dependent upon the Lord solely for that. But if we're faithful in the least, if we're faithful in the least, even if God doesn't give us more, that's the way God typically operates, but even if he doesn't, we're not in it to elevate ourselves. He must increase, but I must decrease. We're in it for the glory of God. We're in it that he would be honored and that he would be glorified. But God is so gracious that that joy of the Lord that you enter into, boy, it's such a great special confirmation of the Spirit to every now and then feel the Holy Spirit testify in your heart, you know what, I may have messed up a bunch. And I do. But when the Holy Spirit witnesses with your spirit in your heart, that gives you a, a peace that the Lord was honored in that. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the joy of the Lord that you enter into, many times it's just that peace that passes all understanding and that joy unspeakable down in your heart. And that's why, if that's how you, if that's the confirmation of the Holy Spirit that you feel in your heart, it's a small thing what you think about me. <laughs> I mean, I want to say, if you serve God faithfully, uh, if a man's ways please the Lord, he makes it, even his enemies to be at peace with him, right? If we do things right, then everything else will take care of itself. But it's, it's the approval and the confirmation of the Lord that really matters. Let's be faithful. Let's be faithful with what the Lord has given us. Be faithful with the mysteries of the gospel that he has entrusted to our care. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website 
at macedonia-pbc.org.